You're listening to the Women Inspiring Women podcast. Each week, network marketing professional and mom-turned-entrepreneur Melanie Mitro gives you her tried-and-true tips for building a business from your kitchen table. This self-made millionaire went from a stay-at-home mom to the top of a network marketing business in just three years. She built an online health and fitness business from the ground up while raising babies and juggling being a mom and wife. Now she wants to help you become the boss of your own life. For blog posts, business tips, and more, check out her website at melaniemitro.com. Now let's get to the show. Here's your host, Melanie Mitro. Well, hello, everybody. It is Melanie Mitro, the host of the Women Inspiring Women podcast. And today we have a very, very special guest, uh, Courtney Elmer. I connected with her through social media, I believe, is where we first connected. And she had reached out and said, hey, I think I could really help your audience. And I'm going to be quite honest. When people reach out to me and are like, can I be on your podcast? My first initial gut reaction is, I, I mean, people pitch to me all the time about being on the show. So I'm kind of like, eh, whatever, I'll skim through this and see. But immediately when you said what it is that you do, I was like, oh my gosh, my audience really, really needs this. And it is something that as a business owner, I personally struggled with a lot, but feel like I'm navigating, not, not perfect, but figuring it out. And I love this stressless system that you've created that really helps people navigate through balance and work life and burnout and getting stuck and all of those things. So I am really pumped. I think this is going to be an episode that my audience is just going to love. So Courtney, um, welcome. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Melanie. I am so excited to be here and to talk with you about this today because yeah, I mean, especially, you know, as entrepreneurs, as business owners, like it is so easy to just get caught up in the day-to-day -day stuff. You know, we go through the day feeling stressed and overwhelmed and um, really you don't have to, it doesn't have to be that way. You know, running a business can be fun and it can be enjoyable and it can be fulfilling, which is what most of us got in business for in the first place, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. super excited to chat about this today. I love it. All right. So will you just, let's tell them a little bit about yourself and who you are and how you kind of came to starting this business. Yes, absolutely. So I'm a speaker and a coach for high achieving women who want to stress less and really just helping them carve out that clear path to having more income and having more impact, but without the stress and overwhelm that we so often think is just normal and it just goes with running a business. But never in a million years did I see myself doing this kind of work, <laughs> like ever. Um, I started my career in the corporate world, nine to five, like I'm sure many listeners do. Some might even still be in that space. And I was determined to climb my way up that ladder as fast as possible because I knew that I wanted to own a business of my own one day, but I really didn't know what that was going to look like. I just knew that, you know, having just graduated college, I needed to start making money at ASAP, start saving as much as I could to be able to open whatever business I could one day, you know, to invest in that, whatever it was going to look like. And so I was that girl at the office and maybe some of you listening know, like y'all know someone like this and it's the girl who, you know, she would get to work a little bit early. She'd be the one to take that work, you know, take her lunch break, take her work with her, you know, kind of work through that lunch break and just do like quote unquote working lunch, take that work home in the evenings, the first to volunteer, you know, to bring projects home on the weekends, whatever needed to be done. That was me. I was always stepping up to the plate. And probably to, you know, my coworkers are probably super annoyed. Like, oh, there she goes again. You know, we can't compete with her. She's always working. And 
that quite honestly was my life. Work had really quickly become my identity. And around that time, I was also introduced to the network marketing industry. And I was like, wow, this is really awesome. Like this could be a way for me to learn about being in business, but you know, follow a system, follow a structure, like not have to necessarily go it or figure it all out on my own. So I jumped in with both feet. So I was working, you know, my nine to five and then some, and then building my business, my team on the side and my side hustle. But very quickly, the two flip-flopped. I was able to walk away from my nine to five job. I had grown a large team. I had become very successful, had earned the luxury car, was going on all of the trips and all of those kind of things. And from the outside looking in, anyone would have probably thought, wow, like Courtney's got it together. She's doing something right. You know, she's super successful. But to be totally transparent. I, I hated my life. I, I would lay in bed at night and just feel so unfulfilled, feel so anxious, feel like I was just going through the motions and not really making a difference or an impact that I wanted, the impact that I wanted to have. And no matter how hard I worked and how many bonuses and goals and accomplishments I earned, I always felt like I wasn't doing enough. And so that really sent me into this depression. And around that same time, I was also planning my wedding. So that was kind of another job thrown in there, you know, and I was like, oh, I cannot wait to get married and just have this off of my plate, you know, all those crazy wedding stressful details, because I thought that as soon as the stress, you know, as soon as the event that I thought was causing the stress was gone, then my life would be, you know, happier. Um, but that isn't the case. And that's not what happened for me. You know, I went, you know, got married and went on a beautiful honeymoon and I had gotten really sick a couple of weeks before the wedding with a sinus infection and had gone to the doctor, had some tests run. And they said, you know, just schedule a follow-up for when you get back, you know, go enjoy your wedding, enjoy your honeymoon, and we'll just do a checkup when you get back. So walked into the doctor's office two days after getting home from our honeymoon. And I expected to get a clean bill of health that day. I was feeling better. You know, I was like, finally, this wedding is over. Things are going to be good. But instead, what I got that day was a cancer diagnosis. And I was 25 years old and everything had everything in my life that I could have possibly wanted, should have been on top of the world, yet I was hitting rock bottom. Mm -hmm. And sitting in that doctor's office chair that day was when I realized that I had the success. I had the nice things to show for it, but it had come at a cost. And it had come at a cost that I never realized until that moment. And it came at the expense of my health, of my relationships, of my family, of all the other things that I truly valued and truly loved. And what I recognized was that I had been living what I now call an either or life, where I felt like I could either have success or have a life I love, but that I couldn't have both. And so I was determined to figure out a way to change that to have a both and life. I wanted to have it all, but without having to do it all. And so I set about, you know, my journey of healing, really discovering ways to do that. And so fast forwarding, you know, that has led me to the work I do now, six plus years of research, figuring out not only for myself, but now also for the other women that I work with, how to stress less, how to scale a business without it burning you out in the process and without it taking you away from the life that you are working so hard to create and, you know, putting that life off for one day win um, and being able to enjoy that life along the way in the process now. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. That is incredible. So clearly you have beat cancer at this point, right? You are, what yes. kind of cancer did you have? 
Yeah. So I had an aggressive form of thyroid cancer. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they just removed your thyroid and you were much better after that, right? Did you have to go through chemo? I went through a very intense radiation treatment. Yeah. And one of the side effects of that, that was, that was a really tough decision to make because we, you know, one of the risks of that was infertility because of my age and because okay. of the way the radiation treatment is done for this particular type of cancer. And so the doctors were like, you know, typically thyroid cancer is pretty easy to treat. And over here, I'm like, but it's still cancer. Like, yeah. come on, you know? Yeah, um, totally. They're like, yeah, yeah. But they're like, but because of your age, you know, and because you had some aggressive, you know, mutations, whatever the scientific term is for it, you know, they were like, we are concerned of it recurring. Yeah. Wow. So we definitely recommend this, but it does come with this risk of infertility. So yeah, that was a big decision that we had to weigh out. Um, but went ahead and went with it, um, just knowing that, you know, I mean, if it was to help me have a longer life yeah. and to prevent it coming back, then that was the decision we needed to make. Wow. You know, looking back, even though it was a really difficult situation, it happened to you so young. It gave you this gut check. It was like a blessing in disguise, right? Because you didn't spend the next 20 years being stressed out. You really were able to kind of take control of that. And I think that is something people don't have at this point. So it's such a gift. Like your experiences have given you such a gift and a platform to be able to really help other women. So so I'm excited. Let's Let's kind of talk about stress and the truth about this concept of work and life and balance. And so let's just dive right in and and you can just school my audience on how to stress less and kind of just maybe bust some of those myths that people really have about work and life. Okay. Awesome. So let's talk about the three massive mistakes that I see women make, because this is something that not only uh, the mistakes that I made in my life that kept me stuck and stressed and spinning my wheels for so long, but mistakes that across the board I've witnessed women make regardless of their background and regardless of their place in life. And diving into these, you know, I'm going to start with the number three mistake and work our way down to number one. And you'll kind of see how these build on each other and really create what I call a vicious cycle that keeps us spinning on that hamster wheel, you know, and just running, 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 feeling like we're working so hard, but not really getting where we want to go, not really getting and achieving those results that we want to have. So the number three mistake that I see so often is chasing after the ideal. So the ideal is not bad in and of itself. The ideal is what we're working towards, right? That could be whatever goals you have set for yourself, you know? Maybe it's certain goals you have for your family, a certain lifestyle you want to have, certain goals you want to achieve within your company, within your business. Whatever that ideal is that you are working towards, that is the thing that pulls you forward. It's what motivates you. And so it's not a bad thing. But what, where things get really messy is when we start to measure our own self-worth and satisfaction based on whether or not we've achieved that ideal. And that's when things start to get off track. Because what happens is this little story starts to play in our mind like, well, gosh, why am I not there yet? Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm not working hard enough. We start to compare ourselves to other women out there who look like they are killing it. You pull up their Instagram feed and you're like, God, why don't I have that? You know, I feel like I am putting in the hours and I'm putting in the effort and the energy. Why am I not there yet? And so we jump to the conclusion, often unconsciously, we're not usually aware of this, but we jump to the conclusion that, well, I must need to work harder. I'm just not doing enough. And so we kind of approach achieving our dream lifestyle from this place of lack. And so it makes it even harder to achieve. And so we just start running, you know, we start running on that hamster wheel. Let me work harder, work harder, work harder, work harder. 
And so that leads us to the second massive mistake, which is a direct result of running and working harder, which is blurry boundaries. Our calendar starts to get really overloaded for the sake of success. And I can remember this just like it was yesterday. I would open up my planner and I'm one of those old school people that still writes everything down, you know, <laughs> and I'm like you would open it up and I would literally every single space was filled. There was no margin in there whatsoever for me, for anything that I love. You know, even if I would pencil in, you know, Pilates class or bar class or whatever it might be inevitably it would seem like every week something would come up to take me out of that. When really what I didn't realize was I was just making the choice to allow that to happen. And so a client might call and say, you know, Hey, 5:30 PM is the only time on Tuesday that I can meet. Can we, can we grab coffee then? And so because I was afraid of missing out on business or losing a sale or, you know, that if I wasn't working, I was failing kind of this all or nothing thinking that, you know, inevitably the eraser would come out, Pilates class would go away. And then the client, you know, would get that spot. And so that's really what was happening in my own life. And, and our blurries get really, our boundaries get really blurry um, by what I call these opportunity obstacles, things that we uh, give us the illusion of getting closer to our goals, but that really take us further away from it. Things that keep us distracted from focusing on the thing, the, on the tasks and the activities that'll actually move the needle and drive our business forward. And so that causes us to kind of spin our wheels. And so because we're not there yet, we work harder and we run faster. And so while this is happening, you know, this story's playing in our mind. Oh, I must not be good enough. I need to work harder. Our boundaries are getting really blurry. We're saying yes to all these things, overcommitting, feeling guilty about saying no, feeling guilty when we're spending time with family, we feel like we should be working or when we're working, feeling guilty because we should be spending time with family and really just feeling this tug pulling us in all different directions. What happens is unconsciously, the number one massive mistake that we start to believe the myth, the lie that working harder is the answer. We think that that's just what it takes. Sweat equity. We've got to put in the time. But wait, our calendar is already overloaded. We're already working 24-7. We don't have any extra time. What? I just need more time. I wish there were more hours in a day. And so that is the place from which we attempt to achieve our goals, our dream life. And really, it just sends us in a vicious cycle because when we start believing the lie that working harder is the answer, well, then guess what? We're going to just work harder thinking that that's the answer to achieving whatever it is we've set out to achieve. And so we chase after that ideal harder. Our, our boundaries get blurrier and, you know, we keep believing that we're not enough and that, you know, we need to work harder. And so this sets us on a really dangerous path because for a lot of people, what's so sad is that they don't even realize it. You know, they go to bed at night, they're staying up late at their desk, trying to just get one more thing done. They go to bed at night exhausted, but can't fall asleep because their mind is racing and they're thinking of all the things they need to do the next day. So they roll over in bed in the morning. They didn't sleep very good. They immediately grab their phone, start checking emails, start checking social media. You know, they kind of like just jump right into the day, no space and time for them. And they're just go, 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 jumping from one thing to the next all day long. And by the time, you know, the afternoon rolls around, their stomach's growling. They're like, oh my gosh, I'm starving. Let me just shove down this protein bar, you know, like not even taking time to eat a proper meal. And just really just racing through their day. Um, by the time, you know, they get to the end of the day, they feel like, gosh, all I did was put up fires all day. I didn't actually accomplish anything. I still had so much to do. And so they go to bed and the cycle starts over. And it's so sad because I've witnessed so many brilliant businesswomen completely destroy their minds and bodies from spending their time and energy this way. And it shows up in all kinds of ways. I mean, it shows up in their work through lost motivation, lack of focus, lack of energy, 
Um, they tend to blame time. I don't have enough time. Like that's the problem when really that's just a symptom. Um, you know, it shows up in their body, anxiety, panic attacks, illness, autoimmune diseases that start to surface, it shows up in their relationships, tension, strain, fights, yelling, all of these things that are symptoms. And so when they finally get to this point, you know, it could go one of two ways. The best case scenario is that, you know, they recognize it and move forward. But the worst case scenario is that they don't recognize it and they continue staying stuck. And that's where I was when I got this cancer diagnosis. And that was the two by four that hit me over the head. But for a lot of people, just like you mentioned, Melanie, like they don't have that opportunity. They don't have the two by four that comes. Maybe for some it does, you know, a marriage crisis, a family crisis, a health crisis. But for a lot of people, it doesn't. And so they just stay on this path, on this hamster wheel, and they don't know how to get off. And so that's what is, you know, really scary about these massive mistakes but on the flip side of that is that once you're aware of it, you can do things differently. You can approach it differently and you can shift your mindset about it and step off that hamster wheel. I really love that. And I think recognizing that is important, you know. So how do we get, how do we learn to be unstuck, you know, and kind of get out of that rat race. I'm sure people are shaking their heads. Oh yes, this is me. This is, I do that. I work harder. I have blurry boundaries. So how do I actually get unstuck from this place? Yes. So the first step is to get out of the gap. Now I'm sure all listeners will relate to this. You know, we've all been in that place where we feel like we're stuck in this imaginary gap between where we are and where we want to be. You know, here I am at point A, but point B, that ideal life, that's where I really want to be. That's what I'm really working so hard towards, but I feel like I'm just kind of stuck in the space in between. And so in order to get out of the gap, you've got to own where you are right now and honor that. And so, I mean, I'll give this example. If you're sitting on the couch, you know, and you really want a glass of water, but you're in the living room and the glass is all the way in the kitchen in the cabinet. Well, what's the first step? You know, you could, you have one of two choices. You can sit there and you can complain that you don't have the water. You're working so hard for the water. You're just so thirsty. Like, gosh, why don't I have the water already? Or you can assess the situation. You can take a look around, take a step back, take a moment, pause, breathe, and say, okay, I'm over here on the couch. What is the first thing I need to do? Not, a, not all 108 steps that have to happen between here and there, but the mm -hmm. first thing that I need to do in order to make that happen for me, to get that glass of water, that goal. And the first thing is to stand up. You know, and, you know, I'll, I'll share the story and talk some different things that I give and I'll have the audience answer. And a lot of them will say like, well, just walk to the kitchen, you know, just go get the glass. And it's like, no, 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 no. Even further back, we really got to break it down for ourselves, you know, almost on that five-year-old level. Like, what is the first thing I have to do? So, you know, the quality of your life is determined by the quality of questions you ask yourself. We've got to start asking ourselves better questions. Not why am I not there yet, but what's my first step? Where am I right now? And giving yourself a little space to honor that and looking at how far you have come and then figuring out that first step to where you want to go. Yeah. So that's the first thing. Um, from there, you know, you'll want to start implementing ways to protect your boundaries, to get clearer on what matters to you and on what's important and on what is not. And this is essential if you want to thrive in every area of your life. And there's an exercise that I give my clients. I say, look, take a look at your life in all seven areas, spiritual, financial, relationships, health, um, business and career. Um, there's two others. I'm like going off this off of memory, but those are at least five. Your, your listeners can start with that. Those five, we won't get overwhelmed. 
um, take a look at those areas of your life. You know, where do you want to be and where are you right now? Mm-hmm. And if you're not where you want to be, what's that first step? But by getting clear on those things that are truly important to you, on those things that you really want and need to thrive, to feel as if you're thriving in every area of your life, then that's what you've got to get clear on. And so I'll give you a really concrete example of this. So let's say in the health category, you might want to lose a little weight and you just want to overall feel better and feel more energy. Well, take that a step further. What does that look like for you? You know, does that mean you're getting up and working out every day? Does that mean you are drinking, you know, alkaline water? Does that mean you're eating certain types of food or eating unprocessed foods? Get really specific on what that looks like because then it allows your brain to say, oh, okay, if I really want to be focused on eating organic foods and that makes me feel as though I'm thriving in, in this area of my life, then what's the first step I need to take to get there? You know, maybe it's swapping out the foods that you're currently buying for that organic produce or, you know, taking those little steps towards it. But the key is getting really, really clear. Mm-hmm. And so that is really the first step to slowing down that hamster wheel and taking that step off. And it's scary for a lot of people because a lot of people, all they know is to keep running. All they've been doing is running. And so that's what feels comfortable and familiar. So in a sense, it's kind of like getting out of your comfort zone to do something differently, but knowing that it's going to help you achieve the life that you truly want, not just staying spinning your wheels, but to actually step off and that every step you take is forward progress from there. I love that. Uh, The one thing I teach that to my clients too, you know, when we're breaking down our health and fitness goals or our business goals, it's always what's the first step that you need to take in order to, because if you look at the big picture, it's way too overwhelming, you know? Oh, yeah. Overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. But you have to recognize, you have to recognize when you're doing this, you know, when you're stressing yourself out. Yeah. And another good question to ask yourself too, especially for those of you listening that struggle to say no, or you feel like, oh, I just don't know how, like, I know I need to be saying no, but I feel guilty if I do. I don't know how to say no, especially to friends and family and stuff. The question to ask yourself is, well, if I say yes to this, then what am I saying no to? Mm -hmm. Because for every yes, there's a no. And you know, if your yes was worth a million dollars, are you just going to say yes, yes, yes. And spend it all as if it was like dollar bills, or are you going to invest it really wisely? Yeah. And so that has helped me. And that was really that question I asked myself in the beginning when I was trying to get clear on my boundaries and really just figure out like, okay, what is important and how do I say yes to more of that so I can create more of that in my life? And, you know, if I was saying yes to checking emails at 9 p.m. at night, well, it meant that I was saying no to my relationship with my husband. Like we could have been having a glass of wine, like talking about our day, connecting over that, you know? Um, you know, yeah. but instead saying yes to my work meant I was saying no to something else. And so really just kind of using that clarifying question, even in the moment, you know, when you're tempted to do something, when someone messages you on Instagram is like, Hey, you have just a similar audience. I'd love to collab, whatever, you know, would this be a good fit? And you're like, yes, because I think it, it will grow my business. But wait a second, pause. Like if I say yes to this, what does it mean? I'm saying no to you. It might be taking you away from another project that's actually going to move the needle. Yeah. I am so bad at that. If I mean, I'll be honest, I want to help everybody. I want to say yes to everything. I see the potential in everything. I feel guilty when I have to tell somebody no. It just, it, it that's really hard. And I think I've come a long way, but I still, ha- I'm a people pleaser, like the chronic people pleaser. So what's your advice? I mean, to somebody like myself. 
Yeah, that's actually such a great question. And I totally relate because I have been that person too in many ways. And I still feel that coming up inside of me at times yeah. that people please are like, I just want to say yes. Like, I don't want anyone to be upset with me. I want everybody to be happy. Um, and so first, that clarifying question is really helpful. But second, also asking yourself, well, allowing yourself permission to say yes to yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that we struggle with as women. You know, I'm not one to typically make broad generalizations, but I do think as women, we struggle with giving ourselves permission to say yes to us. We say yes to everybody else. We say yes to everything else. But when it comes to us, we're often, if not always, on that back burner. Yeah. So in that instance, you know, yes, asking yourself, you know, what am I saying yes to? What am I saying no to? That helps externally, but then internally giving yourself permission to say yes to yourself to the things that you want and to the things that you need to thrive in your life. Mm -hmm. So what do you think balance truly is? Like what, when you think about balance, how do we define that or how do we find that? I guess define it, right? Yeah. So totally. You hit the nail on the head because I have um, (laughs) this little saying that I'm like, balance is a lie and you deserve to know why. But here's the thing, you know, balance in, in our culture's perspective, you know, and I feel like our culture gives us this version of balance that we should all strive to achieve and that we're not truly successful until we have all the money and have all the nice things and have balance too. Mm-hmm. But that's not actually the case. And there's three little myths of balance that I like to bust because first, you know, when we're searching for balance, we say, I just want to find more balance. Well, that's the, there's an issue right there with our language and how we're describing it because you can't actually find balance. Balance cannot be found. Balance is a feeling. Balance is not a thing outside of us. It's a concept and it's a feeling. And so first and foremost, balance can't be found because it's not lost. It's not something tangible like your car keys or your coffee mug or something that's like, where did I put that? You know, balance is a concept and it's a feeling. And so balance doesn't exist outside of you. It cannot be found outside of you because it's already inside of you. And it's a feeling inside of you that only you know, like, you know, when you will have found it or when you find it, um, because it's a feeling that's unique to you. And I think that that's a really important aspect of balance to realize is that if we're chasing after the culture's version of balance, or if we're chasing after, you know, someone we admire, or look up to a mentor or a coach, you know, that we are being coached by like their version of balance, we're not going to find their version of balance because mm-hmm. it's not our version of balance. Mm-hmm. So just like you said, you know, we've got to define it. And that really is the heart of it is that until you define what balance looks and more importantly feels like for you specifically, it's going to be really hard to find. Yeah. And so taking that step back, you know, taking a few minutes to journal about this, closing your eyes, imagining, okay, if I were to live my perfectly balanced day today, what does it look like? What does it feel like? Getting specific. To give you an example, I did this exercise and it was so eye-opening. And one of the things that came up for me was that I was like, I would want to just ease into my morning and not feel the need to check my phone right away and to not spend some time on social media and to not check my email, you know? And so I was like, okay, now that, now that I'm clear on that, how can I, what's my first step? How can I go about achieving that and creating that in my life? And so I set my phone on airplane mode and for the first hour of my day, I don't check it. You know, it stays in my nightstand and I don't check it. Um, Better yet, some nights I'll even just leave it out, you know, if it's like, I don't need an alarm. I still need to buy myself an old fashioned alarm clock. Um, But you know, it's like, I don't need an alarm that morning. Well, I'll leave it out in the kitchen. And it's like, I don't have to go check it right away. So just really kind of building in that space for me. 
But, you know, using that example to say that once you're clear on what that balance looks and feels like for you, it's a lot easier to go about, quote unquote, finding it and more importantly, creating it in your life. So the first thing that pops into my mind is, okay, if I were to close my eyes and say, this is what a perfectly balanced life. Now I've actually, and you can, you can coach me. So I've been saying for eight months now, I am going to work. You know, I like to get up early, so I'm going to get up and be super productive. And at five o'clock, you know, my kids are home from school. I'm not going to work anymore in the evening. Like my goal is to, that's what balance to me is eight to five done. Um, not taking evening calls, you know, not work, checking emails in the weekend, but I suck at it. So I'm that kind of person that says I'm not going to do something, but I don't stick to it. And then I kind of, I constantly feel like I'm frustrated by it. So, you know, how do I kind of face that head on and, and make that change? Yeah. So question for you, what are you afraid of happening if you don't turn everything off after 5 p.m.? Well, I'm afraid I'll be so backlogged the next day that I won't actually be able to get it all done in eight to five. Or maybe the kids are outside playing and I'm like, oh, I have an extra hour. I can just sit here and check some messages. So sometimes I'm like, I have the time. I should use it efficiently, right? Or sometimes I'm like, I, I don't have enough hours in the day to get it all done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ah, oh, yeah, that's really good. <laughs> uh, well, and part, you know, so on that piece that you said about using that time efficiently, um, it's really important because this is something that is dangerous that happens, you know, especially for us as business owners. We have that tendency to think that, well, I need to fit work into every nook and cranny that is available for work because, again, that all or nothing thinking, mm-hmm. it goes back to, well, if I'm not working and putting the time and effort in, well, then the underlying thought there, which may or may not be true for you, but it is often for a lot of people, is that, well, I'm failing or that if I'm not working, my business will fail. Mm-hmm. And so it's that fear of failing or that fear of, not keeping up with things, um, not staying on top of things, that it's going to all of a sudden be out of control and that we won't be able to handle it. And that's really scary. Yeah. But what's also really scary is that when we don't give ourselves that permission to just maybe take that hour for us, maybe take that hour to read a book, maybe take it to go outside and sit with the kids and play Mm -hmm. with them or take pictures of them or whatever they're doing, you know, Um, and just being there with them and being present with them, um, that that can also wreak havoc in our lives as well. Because, you know, when you're thinking about, okay, if I'm saying yes to work right now, what does it mean I'm saying no to, you know, might be saying no to missing out on that quality time with your kids. And so just kind of ask, like slowing down because we get so in the habit of working or so in the habit of fitting things in. Look, I'm not immune to this. I'm guilty of this too. You know, it's like, oh, the baby's taking a nap. Like, good. Let me go like dive into my work. Yeah. Um, But really, I think slowing ourselves down, especially because it's hard as high achieving women, like we want to achieve, we're driven, we're motivated, like we're out there to accomplish and achieve. (laughs) And I'll be damned if I don't, you know, but, but really slowing our role a bit and asking ourselves what's truly important. Because, you know, as cliche as this might sound, if the world were to end tomorrow, what would you have preferred to spend that hour on? Yeah. And sometimes it's just slowing down to ask ourselves those hard questions and to answer them, even if the answer is tough, you know? Yeah. And to just know like, hey, that work will be there tomorrow. It's Mm -hmm. it's more important for you to take that that deep breath and enjoy the moment. Yeah, that's a hard one. I find that that is, is hard. I'm wired to be a worker. I'm wired to be a high achiever. And, you know, even though my vision board says, you know, inner peace this year and working from eight to five and weekends off and, you know, Saturday mornings with my coffee on the patio, it's yet to happen. 
Yep. You know, well, you know, I'll share this story with you too. Cause this happened to me yesterday where, you know, my son, he's almost 18 months and overall, you know, we have, it's very easy. We're pretty much in a rhythm of the day. You know, he naps at around a certain time and you know, we kind of have a flow to our day. Well, yesterday was not that whatsoever. He had like 27 meltdowns in a span of like four hours. And it was just like one of those crazy chaotic days. And I had a lot happening, a lot of big things moving in my business this week, all good things, but it was like, that's what was on my mind, you know? And so mentally I felt like I wasn't present with him or that I wasn't there emotionally for him in the way that he needed because I had my mind on other things. And so then in the end of the, at the end of the day, I kind of was like, I just feel bad. Like I feel bad that I wasn't really there for him. I mean, of course I was caring for him throughout the day. Mm -hmm. I was rocking him to sleep. I was doing all of those things, but I felt like emotionally I wasn't necessarily as available to him as I normally was, or at least not in the way that he needed. And so I caught myself in that all or nothing thinking again. And this is another, another sneaky, sneaky, sneaky pattern, um, especially for us as high achievers. We've got this all or nothing mentality that like, well, I'm either being a good mom or I'm not, or I'm either being like really successful and running my business efficiently and like I'm on top of things or I'm not. When really that's not the case. There are going to be some days where it's like, you know what? Maybe I don't feel like I'm the best or on my game today but that's just a blip in the radar. You know, that's just a blip in the radar. And we have to give ourselves grace on those days to know that, you know, especially as entrepreneurs and especially if we're working from home, you know, we're not going into an office every day. It can be a lot tougher to compartmentalize. So when we set those difficult, like not difficult, but more like rigid structure for ourselves, you know, I'm only going to work from this time. I'm only going to do this. That the first moment that we don't do it, we're automatically internally beating ourselves up for it. Because it's like, well, here I was, I said I was going to do it. And now I'm not. Yeah. And then it's kind of like, well, all or nothing. I'm either going to do it perfectly or I'm not at all. And so that's kind of where we backslide into mm -hmm. that, you know, well, I set this for myself, but now I'm not doing it. So, oh, well, I'm just going to throw it out the window. And um, so that's just something we've really got to be aware of that not every day is going to look perfect. Mm -hmm. We're not always going to feel on our game. And that's very normal. Um, it's kind of like going to the gym, you know, it's like, and I'm so guilty of this. It's like, well, if I don't get there on Monday, then I'm not going to get there the rest of the week. Why? Yeah. That's so stupid. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? It's just like, yeah. why? But we do that to ourselves. And we feel like if I can't do it perfectly, then I'm not going to do it at all. When really the reality is running a life, running a business, you know, being the CEO of both your life, your family and your business, that the lines crisscross, you yeah. know, things intersect and one plays into the other. And the thing that I tell my clients that's so important to remember is like at the end of the day, a business is just a business on its own. There is always a human behind it. And if the human is not being properly cared for, neither is the business. So the business can't grow unless you are growing and unless you are caring for yourself, then the business won't be able to thrive. I love that so much. That is so good. You know, I, it's funny, we're doing this episode and I know we're recording it and it'll air in a few weeks, but just this morning I went live on my Instagram and I actually talked about burnout. And I talked about this season of craziness, this season of chaos that I'm in. And my, and I knew, I knew short, short time frame, it's going to be crazy. There's a lot of things you've committed to. No big deal. You'll have a season of rest. But it was like my body said on Sunday, you're done. 
like you're done. You, I was physically sick. I was, you know, I was nauseous. I was exhausted. I was short with everybody. And I just knew that I was hitting that wall. And, and I went live and I was like, guys, you got to listen to that. Like, this is me. I went to bed at nine o'clock every day this week. You know, I went and got a massage yesterday. You know, I had a friend over in the afternoon. So I, but we can't feel guilty for that. And that was sort of my message this morning was, you don't have to work 24 seven because if you burn yourself out and what, what your biggest asset is your creativity in your business, if you lose that, then you've lost your business. So every day might not be perfect. You might do admin stuff and nothing super creative and then you go rest and that's okay. It doesn't make you any less of a business owner. You're being a smart business owner in the end. Yes. Yep. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. We've got to remember that. And that just goes back to that, you know, allowing ourselves, giving ourselves that permission Mm -hmm. and inviting that into our life, you know, and um, just inviting that, that rest, that peace, that, you know, that balance, whatever that looks and feels like for you, but allowing it to happen Mm -hmm. in your life. So last question for you that I, that popped in my mind is, so if there are in myself, high achiever, high performer, want to ride, like want to raise to the top. Um, so what advice do you have for people that want to do it all, but want to have that balance and like that are struggling to sort of figure out the two. So I want to build my business. I want to go at full tilt, but I don't, I don't want to feel that way, stress all the time. So what's your advice for somebody like that? Yeah. So one of the things that I help people identify is, you know, oftentimes we know what we don't want. Okay. So like, I don't want to be stressed. I don't want to, you know, have this and that and all the overwhelm and, you know, the headaches of running a business, but I do, I want to have the success. I want to have all these things. Um, and we've got to get clear on what we don't want and what we do want. And the reason is because the way motivation works, if we're focused on what we don't want, we're actually going to create more of it. So if we don't want the stress, we don't want the overwhelm, guess what you're going to feel. And the reason is because not only does your language describe your reality, it creates your reality. So if you're saying, I'm busy, I'm stressed, there's not enough time in a day, your mind is going to find evidence of that outside of you. Kind of like when you go to buy a new car and then like you have never noticed this car on the road before, but all of a sudden you're looking at it and you see like the exact make and model and color that you want all over the street. Oh, yeah. So your mind is your mind validating that decision and saying like, Oh yeah, I think this is a good decision. A lot of people drive this car it must be a good car. So our mind looks for evidence of, of whatever our internal world is saying, you know, our internal dialogue outside of us. So if we're saying stressed, busy and all these things, then that's what we're going to feel. Another easy example of this is like, you know, if you're trying to lose weight and you've got 15 pounds to lose and you're like, gosh, I just don't like the way my clothes fit. And I don't like the way I look in pictures. And I don't like the way I feel. Well, you're going to be motivated in the beginning, Mm -hmm. but what happens is as you do start to see that scale, those numbers drop, you're going to be getting closer to your goal, but because you're focused on what you don't want, you know, inevitably you're going to hit that plateau where it's like, okay, I'm not losing the weight. It's not coming off, you know? Oh, well, let me just, if I can't have it perfectly, I can't have it at all. So let me just throw it out the window and you wind up back at those 15 pounds back close to the thing that's motivating you. Whereas if you were to just shift your focus instead of on what you don't want toward what you do want, then that will actually keep your motivation higher. Focusing on what you do want is a stronger, it literally has a gravitational pull. It will pull you in the direction you want to go instead of pushing away from what you don't want, which also requires more time and energy. Mm -hmm. So I tell all my high achieving friends out there, 
instead of focusing on what you don't want, get really clear instead on what you do want. Even if it takes drawing, drawing a line down a sheet of paper, writing down everything you don't want and literally writing the opposite of that. Well, if I don't want you know, to be overweight, what do I want? If I don't want to feel stressed and overwhelmed, what do I want? And then shifting your focus on what you do want to create more of that because your mind unconsciously is going to line up with where you're consciously focused and you're going to find more evidence of that in your life outside of you. Oh, I love that. I love that. So I, I definitely feel like I do that. You know, I have it written down. I envision my ideal day, you know, I envision all the positive things that I want to have happen. But I think the, maybe the biggest point is that it's always a work in progress and we can always find our pendulum swinging the other way if we aren't super aware of what we're focusing on, right? Because I'm sure you get sucked into it every once in a while as well. So it's a constant daily practice of when I wake up in the morning, how do I want to approach the day? How do I want people to feel? What are going to be the boundaries? What am I going to say no to? And just it's discipline. Consistency over time creates that discipline and creating the life that you want. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you said it. And I want to just pinpoint that, that word awareness, mm -hmm. that's where it starts. You got to just be aware of it, you know, and not to beat yourself up when you do catch yourself. It's not about that, but it's about just honoring where you are and, you know, continuing to become more aware of it. Because once you start that journey of awareness, you're going to become, I think doors are just going to open up for you. You know, you'll be able to recognize when you're off track. And pull yourself back on track. You'll be recognizing your focus on what you don't want, you know, and can shift that focus toward what you do want. Like you said, it's, we're all a work in progress, myself included. And, you know, every day is a new day. Yeah. Every day is a new day. That's so, so powerful. You know, so you run your own business. And if people are loving this episode, where can, can they connect with you? What, what services do you provide that could help people get unstuck, get more clarity and focus on where they want to go? Absolutely. So the social platform I hang out on most often is Instagram. Come find me there at Courtney Elmer underscore and my website, CourtneyElmer.com, where you can learn more about me and what I do. And primarily I teach both in the form of digital group coaching and also live mastermind retreats that are in person. Mm -hmm. And um, so doors will be opening up soon to my digital coaching program, which is Chaos to Clarity. So if you come follow me on Instagram, you can find out more details about that if that's something that piques your interest. Um, but either way, I would just totally love to connect with you. Send me a DM. Let me know you heard me on the show. And I would love to learn more about you and your business. I look forward to hearing from you guys and connecting with you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Today was such a valuable episode. And I know this is one that people are going to share because it's so relevant. It's relevant to every business owner out there. So I appreciate your time. And I know everybody can't see Courtney, but she's totally hanging out in her closet right now. <laughs> it's up with like, this is how business owners do life. And also I'm getting ready for vacation and you can't see behind me, but there's crap everywhere. So like we're making it happen in the pockets of time and, and we're doing life and you know, our here at women inspiring women, like our, our mission is to serve you guys and just show you what it's really like to be a business owner. So thank you, Courtney, for your time today. I really appreciate it. Melanie, thanks for having me. This was so much fun. Absolutely. All right, everybody, go ahead and make sure you share this podcast episode on your Instagram stories. Tag me, tag Courtney. Let us know what your top takeaway was. Maybe you had an aha moment, but I always love to hear your feedback and love to hear what resonated with you guys. And we will see you back here next week for another episode. Take care. Bye, everybody.